your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM streaming live here on RowanRadio.com channel 2. This is your Wednesday edition of Offsides. This is your Wednesday host. Actually hosting on a Wednesday for one, surprisingly. Uh, Aaron Hook with you all here. And I'm joined by two fabulous members of our sports department. I've got Nick Carlson to my left and a first timer here on the show, my man Chris. Now, I'm not going to lie. I need you to say your last name. For me, just I don't want to butcher it. Gazillo. Dazillo. Okay, I've got Chris Dazillo with me. I was gonna say Dazillo, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? If if I, I don't want to make a you know bad impression, I um, thought it was Gazillo. Yeah, I see, I was thinking yeah. maybe Gazillo. Like, which which way do I go on this? But yeah, let Chris uh, let Chris humble me there real quick. Um, so Chris Dazillo and Nick Carlson with me. Thank both of you guys for uh, coming in today. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, now that the big game is over and done with, and uh. The grieving period for Eagles fans continues as the Chiefs had their Super Bowl parade today uh, in Kansas City, and uh, there was a lot of different thing that's, things that came out of that. Uh, you had a couple sound bites from Patrick Mahomes and uh, some of the other guys on the club. So Chiefs celebrating the, uh, the uh, win on Sunday still, but we're going to move on from all the uh, you know SB talk, um, although our top five will be related um, to uh, that game in some way, and uh, you'll have to stay tuned for that at the end of the show. But we are going to dive headfirst here into the NBA to kick things off. Um, we had a pair of great games last night, some of the top teams in the league doing battle. And first name I want to highlight, guys, is Milwaukee and Boston, the Butts and the Celtics in Milwaukee. And the Celtics were severely shorthanded. Uh, for this game, really undermanned. No, Jay, uh, no Jason Tatum. Uh, Jalen Brown has been nursing an injury that looks like is going to keep him out of the All Star game, so he was not available last night either. Um, and no Marcus Smart in this game. No Al Horford in this game for the Celtics. Their starting lineup was Derek White, Grant Williams, Mike Muscala, who they just acquired from Oklahoma City at the uh, trade deadline, Sam Hauser, and Blake Griffin. And then you had Malcolm Brogdon play 39 minutes off the bench. The rest of the bench, outside of that, scored 12 points. So, really, it was six guys last night doing, um, you know, the bulk of the offensive scoring, uh, the offensive work for Boston. And yet they led a Milwaukee team that was, you know, pretty much completely healthy. Yeah, Chris Middleton coming off the bench. Bobby Portis, uh, another guy who's been injured uh, now for – a good stretch, so he wasn't there last night, but you had Giannis playing, you had Drew Holiday playing, you scored 40 points in this game. It was a fantastic game to watch. I was just surprised, though, Chris, at the fact that Boston, you know, playing without four of their key guys, were able to hang, not only hang in this game, but they had the lead 
with two minutes left, and they just couldn't close it out. Butts end up winning it in overtime. But, you know, the question I want to propose to you is we've seen the Celtics be dominant in the Eastern Conference all year long. Does this kind of solidify them as the team to beat? Because they showed even without their best players, they can compete with another great team like Milwaukee. Yes, I do. Um, their starter yesterday, um, even though they didn't have Jason Tatum mm-hmm. or Marcus Smart or any of the or Jalen Brown, their their guys did have a good day. I mean, Derek White had like twenty seven points, mm-hmm. and Grant Williams had twelve twelve points and uh, like ten rebounds. And you need defense, so uh, who else? Blake Griffin also had like 15 points, and yeah. it definitely solidifies it because um, you don't need all those other guys. You need you need just players that can play and play defense and just connect with each other. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because you know the starting five for the Celtics last night are all guys I think that at this point we would consider like role players, right? Yeah. I mean Grant Williams. Um, has started games this year for the Celtics, and so is Derek White. Derek White is actually really underrated, in my opinion. Like you said, Chris, 27 points, 12 assists last night yeah. in 43 minutes. Um, but, you know, none of those guys are superstars, and yet they go out there and they show that even the Celtics' role, role player guys can compete um, five on five with a starting lineup that has, you know, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday in it. Um, so I think that really just speaks to the depth of the Celtics and, and Nick, you know, that's something that in years past, I, I think the Celtics have kind of worked on, right? Because you had obviously the tandem of Tatum and Brown there and Jalen Brown's just taking another step up this year, 27 points a game, Tatum, an MVP candidate. But now, you know, with the recent moves they made, getting Brogdon in the off season, Derek White last season, um, you know, getting Mike Mustala at the deadline, like they've got four or five, guys off the bench that they could go to in a in a playoff series and count on to make big shots, that's pretty invaluable uh, for a team looking to, to win a championship, obviously with two-star players already. Well, you look at their bench, and you've already got Robert Williams, Brogdon, and Pritchard, and any one of those guys can be a good enough player to take a shot, and that's not even having Tatum and Brown. Griffin had double digits, Williams double digits, Hauser, Muscala, White all had double digits, and White had 27, so this is a very deep bench, and it took a Bucks team who you look at their offense. Giannis had 36 and Drew Holiday had 40. No one else had over 16. Middleton had 16 and that was about it. And Drew Holiday had to shoot 8 of 12 from 3 to beat the shorthand. And I don't mean just like shorthanded. Like this is like extreme shorthand. <laughs> You're missing two of your best players. And yeah. if you want to throw Marcus Smart in that conversation as well, this is the equivalent if you want to talk about like in football terms. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey not playing. Right. So you were missing two of your best guys and the Celtics were still able Granted, they didn't win, but to keep it close and send it into overtime. Yeah, again, it's kind of crazy. They didn't win the game, but I think this was a a statement for them uh, to do it on the road as well where, look, I mean, it's no secret. The Celtics have been a fantastic home team, one of the best home records in the NBA, 23-7. Milwaukee, 24-5, though. So they've been even better. Celtics going on the road to do this is really the impressive part to me. And for the Bucs... does this raise any level of concern, Chris, to you? I, I think for me, they're still the second-best team in the East, but how about for you? Do you think in a playoff series, if these two teams found each other um, in a playoff series here in a couple months, where do you see it going? Do you think that Giannis and the Bucks have enough to beat the Celtics when fully healthy? 
I think that the that the Celtics will will win a seven seven game series mm-hmm. against the the Bucks because I think Jason Tatum playing out of his mind mm-hmm. and Jalen Brown playing out of his mind and Marcus Smart playing defense. <laughs> I think in a seven seven game series, I will take the the Celtics any day. Yeah, it, it's just too much, right? At a certain point, it's like there's just too many guys who can shoot the ball, um, and and I don't know. I mean, both Tatum and Giannis are guys that I would want taking a big shot in a series, but I would almost say I would rather have Tatum taking the last shot. I don't I don't know if that's kind of controversial. What about you? I don't know. Another thing is I wouldn't I would I would rather have Tatum like taking the last shot than like um Giannis or Drew Holiday because mm-hmm. I know that he can make those shots. Yeah. I I mean look Drew Holiday has hit some big time shots in his career this year. Um and in the playoffs in the past. But I don't know. Yeah, I think Tatum is just on a, a different level. Giannis goes for 30 sits, 13 and 9, though, last night. 12 of 20 sits, shooting 11 of 19 from the free throw line. We know he lets to get there a lot. Uh, and like Nick said, Drew Holiday lights out uh, 40 points, 8 of 12 from deep, which is just ridiculous. His efficiency last night was off the charts. And so Milwaukee. I think we'll be just fine, but if they do run into Boston in the playoffs, it'll be a very interesting series. Then a very tight-knit series. I could definitely see that going six or seven games uh, for sure. The uh, the two top teams in the East right now, really the two top teams in the NBA because Milwaukee now at 40-17, and 17, edging out uh, the top team in the West, the Nuggets, in terms of winning percentage. They have uh, one game up on them in the loss column. So the two best teams in the NBA last night going at it, and um, Milwaukee is victorious in final score 131-125. So now we're going to move on. The second marquee matchup of the night, the L.A. Clippers and the Golden State Warriors uh, at Crypto.com Arena. Still feels weird to say that. Um, where last week LeBron broke the scoring record, and last night, the Clippers, uh, they continue to roll here. They get to 32-28, and 28, placing them fifth in the West with a 134-124 victory over the Warriors, who obviously the big storyline going on with them right now, guys, is the absence of Stephen Curry um, with you know dealing with that leg injury. He's going to miss a significant amount of time after the All-Star break as well. And so, you know, for a die in Steph, who obviously, again, this season was playing like one of the best players in the NBA, an MVP-type player. This is a Warriors team that finds themselves without a true star. Klay Thompson has now stepped into that number one role. I think Jordan Poole um, is getting the most touches on the team, though he's really, you know, if you want to talk about usage rate, Jordan Poole definitely has the ball in his hands the most. Two very capable scorers. Still have Andrew Wiggins there. Shooters like Dante DiVincenzo. Ty Jerome has impressed me. The Warriors roster is really solid um, altogether, but it's like you're just missing the the championship piece, which is Stephen Curry. So it, it's tough here, Nick, for Golden State. They're ninth in the West right now, so they can tread water and get one of those play-in spots. But like if Steph isn't 100% and you're playing a one-game play-in to save your season, you know, again, the, the West is super tight um, this year. So you could be facing – a flurry of different teams. Let's say they draw a healthy New Orleans in round one. Let's say Zion is back, Brandon Ingram's healthy, and you're without Steph for that series. I don't like Golden State in that series at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, and you look at their roster. Cause we talk, We were just talking about the Celtics and how deep their roster is, and really you can give the ball to anyone. I mean, 
Do you want Draymond Green taking the last shot? Do you want Kevon Looney taking the last shot? DiVincenzo as well? I mean, no one really kind of sticks out. You could talk about Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole. Uh, you could talk about Wiggins yeah, as well and maybe Kaminga, but I, I really think that, yeah, they need Steph Curry. Uh, he's going to have the injury problems, but I feel like later on in the season, when it really comes down to it, you got to hope that Steph is going to be healthy because, yeah, they're the ninth team. Or they're, you said they're the ninth, right? I'm looking at the Yeah, standings. they're ninth in the West right now. But again, they're, they are, let's see, so they're 29-29. and 29. They are four and a half games out of third place. I think if you look at the play-ins right now, so that's the Pelicans, that's Minnesota, and that's Utah, I think that Golden State would easily be any one of those teams. Easily. I think with Steph Curry, 100%. Yeah, with Steph Curry. And then, uh, and then you look I don't into, know about easily. I, well, then you look into like Dallas and the Clippers and Phoenix. That's when it gets a little tougher, but still, right. this is a good team with Steph yeah. Curry as the Warriors. Yeah, I, again, it's just waiting on him to get back. I mean, even without him, though, they have – once again, been one of the best offenses in the NBA for a second in points per game. Uh, they've made the most threes um, in the league so far this year. They're third in three-point percentage. So uh, it, it is really just incredible how many good offensive players they have, how many guys can go get you a bucket on this team. Again, without Curry, Clay, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. Um, and I like Ty Jerome off the bench. Tuminga has stepped, really kind of come into his own here. Um, in his second season, and Dante DiVincenzo as well off the bench. So, wh- where are you on the Warriors right now? Like, let's let's play the hypothetical when Steph gets back. And the, let's say they finish in that seven to ten range. Do you think they have what it takes? You know, amongst the crop of those four teams, let's say it ends up being the Pelicans, Timberwolves, Warriors, and Jazz in the play-in tournament. Do you think the Warriors? are the best of those teams and they've got what it takes to make it through to the playoffs with a healthy Curry along with what they've got right now? Or do you think maybe when he gets back, trying to mesh back in with the team, maybe something goes wrong? Or maybe do you think a team like New Orleans or Minnesota uh, have the firepower to go back at Golden State? Now, Minnesota did just lose D'Angelo Russell, so yeah, that's kind of up in the air on them. They are 31-29 and 29 right now. Again, the West is so tight. It's just... It's tough to tell. It, it, it's really kind of tough to figure out who is above the rest. But what are you trying to stand on, on the Warriors here before we go to break? If Curry, if Curry came back, I think they can make it out of a play-in. But I think that New Orleans would be a tough matchup for them because of Zion and and Brandon Ingram. But other than that, I don't see Minnesota competing with them or Utah. Or um, yeah, I think they, I think they definitely can make it out of it. Yeah, I, look, the West, it is crazy. I, I mean, you look at some of the top teams, like you, know, you have Phoenix, who just obviously lands a Kevin Durant. And I think, although they have not been as dominant as they have been the last two seasons, where you know, a couple years ago they finished as the best team in the NBA, um, top team in the West again last season, like they haven't been as dominant, but with KD... I think they've got to almost be the favorite to come out of the West now, right? But well, you've got Denver at the top has been so good. They didn't have Booker for like three months. Exactly. So it's like yeah. you had Booker, Durant, Chris Paul, and it's just like you're still 32 and 27. Yeah, so DeAndre like, Ayton has been playing oh, and Aiden as well, well. Um, as of late. Yeah, I mean the Suns certainly. And, and kind of the conversation with the Clippers was, um, you know, for their side of this game, are, are, are they good enough to maybe compete to come out of the West with Kawhi and Paul George and, again, all the guys they have around them? It's it's 
interesting. It's tough because you look at the Clippers and it's like it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but then you look at some of the other teams and it's you look at Phoenix, who they have, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Dallas, Kyrie yeah. Irving, Luka Doncic. You look over at Denver, Aaron Gordon, you got Nikola Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray. Memphis has John Morant and all those guys. So yeah. really, I don't think that anybody, you were just talking about favorites. I mean, I don't really know if there is a favorite just because there's still a little bit left in the season to go. Yeah. And we don't know what Dallas really looks like yet. We don't know what Phoenix really looks like yet. So I think the West is completely wide open, and there's still no Steph Curry. So yeah, it's it's interesting too because I feel like the Clippers, you know, when they landed Paul George and Kawhi Leonard a few summers ago, they instantly jumped right to the top of the betting odds to win the title. And that was kind of in an era where if you had two superstars on your team, and it's crazy to say an era when it was only like what three, three years, years ago, ago, three four years ago. <laughs> um, it was in a time where if you had two true superstars, which at the time, Paul George and Kawhi were like top 10 guys. If you had two top 10 guys, you were pretty much set. It didn't. Now, obviously, it matters what the supporting cast looked like, but I think the Clippers at the time, too, had a good enough bench to where it was like, okay, they've got two of the probably the two best two way players outside of Giannis in the league. They, they could definitely win a title. Now. The West has gotten so good, and there's so many stars there, Chris, that it's like you've got PG and Kawhi. Norman Powell is a great player. I like him a lot. Marcus Morris, good score. Zubac has been great at the five this year. They have a good supporting cast, and they just get um, Miles Plumley or Mason Plumley, I should say, sorry, in a trade from Charlotte as well to play the backup five spot. And they also traded for Eric Gordon. So it's a good bench. It is. Yeah. I just don't know if the two guys at the top are enough to kind of push them over the top. What say you? Um, with Paul George and and Kawhi, I don't like you were saying before. I you you, you need two two starters to win, yeah. but I don't think it. I I don't think they could win in the West because of all the other teams that um that they're playing against. But we'll see. Um. I think they could compete with Memphis and Denver. Yeah. But Sacramento is going to be a tough team to yeah. to, uh, to to compete against. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and again, like in a series with a Phoenix or a Dallas, I I just don't know. Well, I, I just don't. I have a question before we go to break. I mean, you could play like a little game really quickly. If you were talking about the, the two superstars, is Kyrie Irving a top 10 player in the league? Definitely. Yeah. You think Luke is a top 10 player in the yeah. league? Yeah, he might be number one. Do you think Kevin Durant's a top 10 player in the league? Yes. <laughs> Do you think Devin Booker's a top 10 player in the league? No. You don't no. think so, really? No. It's debatable. He's, it's, he's it's around debatable. that range. But I'm just saying. And then where does Aiton fall as well? Because then you could talk about Chris Paul exactly. as well. well that's, then, that's the example with the Suns. They've yeah. got so much. And then, I don't know, De- like Luke and Kyrie are just, I don't know, they, 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 they need to gel together. I think when you have two guys who score like they do in a series against the Clippers, I I just don't know. Like We've seen Kawhi, obviously, in in the past kind of have that killer mindset. Obviously, with that run with Toronto, he was like just – he looked like the best player on the floor. Um, I I, See, he's dealt with so many injuries in L.A., though. He's still a very, very good player. Still, again, close to a top-ten player, I would say. And Paul George, very good player as well. Um, Both all-star caliber, but – it's just like of those two guys, either of them at this very moment, can they match up with a Luka and a Kyrie late in a series? You know what I mean? Well, they just, just shot for shot. Exactly. Because you've seen Paul George just 
completely fall apart in the playoffs before. But I think that the thing is, is like it's Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, or nothing. Because it's like right. it's them two that are going to score. Yeah, it, you're not Christian Wood there, but no, you're right. The bench is not. Yeah, strong if you ask any two. casual fan, hey, you know who Reggie Bullock is? I guarantee you they say no. <laughs> hey, don't Dwight Powell, no. Don't disrespect my boy I, Reggie. I, I you the could man, go through all these guys. Yeah, he had great left a few years ago. So it's like you got those two guys, and it's like if they don't perform for Dallas, then it's like you're not right. winning. So yeah, yeah, I, the West is fascinating uh, this year. It, it is again the three seed, the Tids, and the let's see, and the Jazz, who are the ten seed, four games separated. Yeah. Four games. You can go from basically playing for your play, like your life, your life, right? Like you're battling to make the postseason. What is the Kings? You, win, and you you rattle off four or five in a row, and you're like at the top of the conference. What's Kings and Pelicans? How far are they away? The, well, the Tins are thirty-two and twenty-five. The Pelicans are the seven seed at thirty and twenty-eight. So Pelicans are only a game better yeah, than Utah. That, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm mean, Utah at twenty-nine and thirty right now. Portland, I mean, even outside of the play-in, the Lakers are the thirteenth seed in the Western Conference, and they're two and a half games out of uh, a postseason spot. So, yeah, the West is uh, crazy this season, and. Um, it's it, it's gonna be fun, I think, coming down the stretch here with all the big trades that have uh, gone on to uh, to I bolster wish the East it. Was the same. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, the East is incredible this year as well. I mean, with the Nets, every guy like Jalen Brunson step up. Um, guy goes, the East has been incredible as well. Look at the Knicks. <laughs> I, I, am I not allowed <laughs> to say that, Knicks, man? Come am on. I not allowed to say that, dude? I love talking about the Nets on here because I know it just annoys all the Philly fans. Um, but no, the, dude, the NBA as a whole, I think the parity, you could say it's at an all-time high, really. I mean, Phoenix, I guess you could consider a super team, but still, I I think the title, like we've talked about, um, is really wide open uh, for someone to come out of both conferences and, and win it all this year. So, super exciting. And uh, the NBA postseason, really, you know, it's, it's looming here. We've got the All-Star break this weekend, which uh, we'll talk a little bit more about after break. And uh, we'll get into some baseball and football stuff as well. But first, we've got to check the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, you can call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. More offsides after these quick messages. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at autismspeaks.org. 
Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Maddie Kay. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the King of Rock and Roll, Chairman of the Board, and more. Each week features a special theme hour that'll have you rocking and rolling all night long. It's Saturday night at the oldies. Every Saturday at 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, streaming live here on RowanRadio.com channel 2. This is your midweek edition of Offsides with your Wednesday host, Aaron Hoot, here with Chris DeZillo and Nick Carlson of our glorious Rowan Radio Sports Department. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with me here uh, on this hump day in Glassboro. Very nice weather outside, by the way. It feels like spring outside, so uh, it, was a, it was a nice, pleasant Drive over here, rolled the windows down, got some breeze in my hair, so that was nice. But anyway, uh, we're going to continue to talk basketball here. And I uh, did into some All-Star Weekend stuff, but first, I've got to preface it uh, by keeping it a little bit local, uh, keeping it close to home here with the Philadelphia 76ers signing Matt McClung to a two-way contract um, yesterday. Now, McClellan has been with their uh, G League affiliate, the Delaware Bluecoats. Um, me and Nick have seen him all season long calling Bluecoats games, and he has been absolutely fantastic. Now, this is a guy that both of us have known about for a while, and Chris, I'm going to pick your brain about Matt McClellan uh, in a minute. But for me, seeing his mitts tapes from high school on YouTube, I remember watching this guy, um, waiting to see where he was going to commit. I saw that, you know... There were times where he was being recruited by some local schools, Rutgers, um, like Syracuse as well. So I was pretty interested in where he was going to go. Because, again, the way that he could jump and the mitts tapes he was putting together as a shorter guy. I mean, this is a guy who's only 6'1", 6'2", uh, on a good day. But he could certainly, um, you know, touch the style with the best of them. And so he signed to the two-way by the Sitzers after really balling out. Um, especially over the last, I would say, month and a half. He has been really, really sensational down in the G League, um, close to 20 points a game. Citrus signed him, but he's got a big weekend coming up ahead of him, Chris. He's participating, obviously, in the dunk contest on Saturday night, but on Friday he's going to be in the uh, the Rising Stars Challenge uh, as a part of the G League squad. There were, I believe, eight G League players uh, pit for that game. They're going to be coached by Jason Terry. Um, and then on Sunday, the 19th, that's the NBA G League net stuff game. So that's kind of their version of an all-star game. So Matt McClellan has got two games to play in this weekend and a dunk contest to do in a span of three days. Chris, I, I, I want to get your opinion on Matt McClellan. How familiar were you with him? Um, or are you with him at this point? Did you see um, his high school stuff, did you follow him through college? And if not, or if you have, what are you kind of expecting him to bring to the Citrus, and what are you looking for him, uh, or from him, I should say, uh, for All-Star Weekend? Um, I actually never, I actually followed him, like, in high school, like, when he 
like uh, uh, in a high school dunk contest. Yeah. Um, but I think for the All Star game, like he's gonna he's gonna come out with a with a bunch of crazy crazy yeah. dunks. Yeah, I I would say so. Um, now I like. The guys competing against him, it, it, it's weird. The also like the dunk contest really doesn't have a lot of big names in it anymore. Uh, it never really did. I, I I guess, you know, you saw guys over the years like Dwight Howard was in it one year. Um, Vince Carter obviously stole the show like way back when, and when Jordan would do it and all that. But like now, it's it's interesting. It's really an assembly of kind of under the radar type of guys. Um, and McClellan is is the first G League player to ever be in it so you know now he's on a two-way deal but when he was selected he was a pure g league player he was on a g league contract with the blue coats um and so yeah you said all the crazy dunks that he's gonna pull out chris w- what chance do you give him of winning the contest do you think it's trey murphy in there jericho sims and i'm blanking on the the fourth guy i'll find KJ it for Mar- you but kj martin yeah kj martin there you go so do you think matt's got a legit shot I think he does because I think he does because in high school he was able to do all those dunks and I think he can do it again. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what he's gonna pull out of his re- repertoire. You don't you don't know <laughs> what, you don't know what he's gonna do. But yeah, you know Jericho Sims. He, although he he is a big man, I don't think he's gonna come out with flashy dunks. Okay. Um, we've KJ, seen we've seen big guys win it before we, though. Well, yeah, but it's but it's yeah. No, I know what you're saying. It's Jericho it's Sims. Tough. It's, it's a, tough when you're like seven foot tall to put it through right. your lens. I get it. <laughs> KJ Martin, I don't think he has a chance. And Trey Murphy, I, I've known. I wow. think Mac McClung. So you're is giving gonna, it to Mac. I'm giving it to Mac. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that prediction. Nick, what about you? Yeah, it's tough because like <clears throat> Mac, everybody knows who he is. Like yeah. it's ev- oh, just about everybody knows who he is. I don't I'm not know. Why though? When I saw it, they posted something that he was going to be doing it. Yeah. Now this is NBA Twitter we're talking about, so take it with a grain of salt. And we, uh, the first seven eight comments were like, who? I'm like, really? I'm like, really, man? How? Like, are these kids like 10 years old? Like, he was the biggest college player. You can yeah, make the argument. Or dude, one of. He was one of the biggest names, I would say, in high school coming yeah. out, certainly. Because everyone uh, was, was watching his mid Well, I don't know any high school players, and he's like one of the four I've ever known in my <laughs> life. So, uh, Mac, it's tough because, like, I don't know if he's going to bring it all. We see him in practice throw some wild stuff. And I, is he going to be just trying to make the dunks, or is he just going to kind of go all or nothing? I don't really know. Right. Um, I just think in terms of for the 76ers, I don't know if it was just they're calling him up so they could get him in a Sixers jersey or they were going to put him in the blue coats, but I, I don't know. I, I don't really think he's going to play or do anything, but for the dunk contest, it's going to be cool to see him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, in, in my morning class, we were talking about this, and I was like, I really want him to wear the blue coats jersey, yeah. but I have a feeling now they're going to give him a Sixers jersey because he's on contract with them. He's in the NBA technically, although he hasn't played a game this season. Um, He'll play like one game. They'll play like two. Well, minutes. they've only got one game, I think, before the All Star break. The Sixers. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if. Uh, let me see. Let me see if they play. And tonight. you look at all the other guys, like the bench guys, like Michael Foster's went up, Champagne's went up, Springer yeah. goes up. They and don't they, even they play. Rele- they release Champagne to to sign him. Exactly. Which so I yeah. That's I, interesting. I think so. Champagne was good. In they the didn't get of the him season. back if he clears waivers. Um, although he does have a brother, Justin, who we've seen this year. He's on the Raptors, right? He was on the Raptors. Now he plays for Miami's team, the Sioux you know Falls Sky Force. Oh, okay. I was so, going to say, that'd be wild if like we release Julian Champagne and just get his brother instead. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah, yeah brother for brother slop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Sixers play tonight against Cleveland at home. 
And then that's that's their last game before the break. So if McClellan doesn't play tonight, he'll be in the NBA dunk contest without stepping foot out of the NBA court this season, which is pretty crazy. Um, And like we were talking about, you know, we don't know if he's going to just go crazy, like, you know, nuclear with some of these dunks and just try and do, like, a Michael Jordan type of performance. I'd throw, like, flips over cars. Like, that's, like, if I'm a G League player. <laughs> He's going to jump over a key again. Like yeah. 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 That's, yeah. You know what I was thinking? You know the drum they got at the field house? They just banged on that thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. He jumps you, over that? You, you get, like, a mega version of that, you, and he just jumps over it. Yeah. That'd be great PR for the Blue Cubs, I don't right? think they would allow that. I don't think NBA would allow that. They'd be like, nah. What, like, what, a drum? Dude, Blake no, 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 so, something car. about the Blue Coats. See, I could see the them being like, no, he's 76ers, not See, that's what, I, that's what I mean. But the thing is, you would figure that with them headlining him as the, the G first, League player, player, first yeah. player ever for the G League, you would want to market the G League in that spot, right, with everybody watching, wouldn't you? And if I was Mac, I'd be like, I played for the Bluecoats. I did this with the Bluecoats. Exactly. Why do I want to? Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And Mac is such a stand-up guy. I was reading something about him. Where, you know, he was talking earlier in the year also about how he had deals overseas, like worth a lot of money to do a play there. Uh, but he chose to go to the G League for less money because he figured it was his best shot at making the NBA, making well, a roster. When he's getting sponsors, it's he, he probably doesn't matter money Well, not, well I wouldn't say that. Going you, overseas you, is tough to just get signed. In the G League, the NBA team has eyes on you all the time. I mean, I mean? guess. Yeah, I mean, and he's done a lot with it. I mean, we've right. – I think – me and you have done like three games where he drops like forty or more. Yeah, well, so. he had the one game against the Wisconsin herd, the Butts G League team, where he hit like five threes in a row, yeah. and forty points. It was yeah, it was just ridiculous. he was he was nine to ten from three or something oh. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he's been scorching hot. So, you know, he he, he was quoted as talking to one of his friends <clears throat> when he was trying to make that decision, and his friend just said, "Look, it's it's all it's all or nothing for you right now." And Matt, I, I think does kind of have that same mindset um, of just laying out there because he's looking for a real shot. I think he's good enough. So I'm with I'm with you, Chris. I think he's going to go all out in this dunk contest. He's going to try and shot the world a little bit and and maybe do some stuff we've never seen before. But what would be cool is if he had the blue coats and the Sixers on one jersey. Right. Oh, yeah. That would that would be kind of cool. A little crossover jersey. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool to see. I don't know. I just think it would be – like really cool if he was just like the in the big letters just said blue, blue coats, coats and yeah. he's awesome. like throwing down these crazy duds. Yeah, I he think should just wear cool. his regular blue coat zero jersey. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just a blue, just a blue jersey and shorts. That's all it is. That would bring so much attention to the G League. And that's what I'm that's saying. And, and of course for us, like again, hitting home, like it's a local team. They're yeah. in Wilmington. It would be really cool to see the spotlight get shine on them for a little bit. But anyway, the Sixers do sign McClellan. We'll see what he does for them. Obviously, the talk with the Sixers on the bench has kind of been the backup center spot. They uh, got Dwayne Dedman a couple of days ago to try and fill the void that Montrez Harrell obviously couldn't. Dwayne Dedman, you know, he's serviceable. I don't know if that's going to solve the issues he's that they have. Too. He is very old, yes. Um, he's been around for a while. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the Sixers and Matt McClaw. Good luck to him. Over All Star Weekend, I'm gonna be I, I'm gonna be tuned in the whole way watching oh, yeah. his stuff. Uh, I'll be watching the Rising Stars, um, and of course, like I always love Saturday Night Three Point Shootout Dunk Contest. So we watched a lot of Matt Matt McClung this weekend. All right, we're gonna move on now to the MLB Major League Baseball is finally starting to creep back into our lives here, guys. I got finally. the got the fist pump from Mr. Carlson here. 
getting fired up for baseball season. Pitchers and catchers reporting today to spring training. Um, and we're just going to kind of talk about what next season is going to look like. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is the pitch clock. So um, they changed it to, let's see, with no runners on base, I believe it's tw- a 20-second pitch fi- clock. I think it's 15. 15 yeah, with nobody okay, on? I think it is. Okay. So 15 with nobody on. I, I think with runners on, it's a 20-second pitch clock. Um, some players are for it. Some players are against it. Now, I, I, I guess obviously the main motive of it is to – not speed the game up, but just get action in as many pockets as you can. So, Chris, for you, are you a fan of these pitch clock rules and kind of keeping the game on on task, on time, keeping it going? Um, or are you kind of more of a traditionalist where, you know, you, you like to sit back and kind of let the game pace itself out? I like the, I like the rule because it's like a game plays out for like three hours and it's like you got to wait for the pitcher to get set. And it's like, right. I want to see you pitch. I don't <laughs> want to see you throw up a ro- ro- rosin bag. And right. <laughs> it's like, I, w- I want to see you pitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. Sometimes it's like, and especially playoff games. I feel like playoff games in baseball take four four hours. Like They feel like they're just going on forever and ever. And I get it. It's the postseason. Every decision is, you know, monumental. There's a lot of weight on managerial decisions so it's going to be a slower game um and and all that but Nick for you where do you stand with the pitch clock like is it something that you're not really going to pay attention to or for you is it kind of like a big time difference maker in how you're how you're going to watch games and how you think guys are going to be playing the game yeah, I mean, I don't really. Uh, I'm not gonna notice it. It's okay. I baseball is the type of thing for me where I will have it on in the background. Uh, like if it's like a Mets game, it's getting like eighth, ninth inning. Then I'll like actually fully like pay attention. Right, but so like you're, so you're I'll have Gary and Ron on okay. third inning, and I I won't really even notice it. Um, <laughs> I know that with minor leagues, I think you like cut the time down by like 45 minutes or something like that, which is crazy because like Chris was talking about, like I don't want to see him throw the bag around, walk around the mound. Mm. Uh, it's, I don't need to really see that. The fact that it's going to speed up the game is cool, but I, I really think it's going to be something that people talk about for like a week, and yeah. then no one talks about well, it Well, that's the thing. You said the minors. You know, they've been testing it out yeah. the last couple of years in the minor leagues, and I've called minor league games where it's been in, in, in effect, and I honestly like it. I, I think, again, all, it, all it's doing, it's not really speeding up the game because— Do you big-time notice it, though? Like, big-time? Well— I, I do because I have a direct sight at the actual like, oh, okay. clock yeah, in yeah, center yeah. field. But if you're watching from home, I doubt I doubt you even notice that, yeah. that it's really going. You're just like, okay, this guy's working a little bit faster than usual. Maybe, again, it pops in your head. You're like, oh, yeah, they're using the pitch clock this year. And that's about it, yeah. I think. So I think as a viewer, it's not really going to affect it. Obviously, the, for the more casual fan, having more action again and more pockets between the game and just less – like Chris said, you know, guys uh, taking the card out of their pocket to see what this guy's going to throw or stepping out of the box, taking four or five, um, you know, check swings. It's just going to eliminate all the extra stuff that some players might not like because it's like, okay, you're throwing me out of my rhythm a little bit. But from a fan perspective, I think it's it's pretty great, um, the pitch slot. It's definitely going to, again, help out more fans who don't watch it as much, kind of keep engaged with the game because it's moving at a faster pace. So I definitely like the pitch clock. One of the other rules 
um, that came into effect and is going to re- remain in effect seemingly deep into the future here is uh, the extra inning ghost runner. Uh, the guy starting out on second base, whoever made the last out in extra innings. Um, this is a controversial one too. Chris, where do you stand on this one? Do you think that it's an unfair advantage or do you like the rule? Do you think maybe it makes extra innings better? I think I th- I I agree with it because it makes it entertaining. Yeah. Because it's like you can – it's like a, a guy gets a hit and like a guy comes around to score right. and – and the guy and they take the lead. Yeah, it's one a, pitch and after any you could already have a change a change of the lead. Right. right. So yeah, I, so in that regard though, like Did they talk about it in the playoffs though? Like, I I, th- I think it's just I think it's gonna stay wherever. Yeah. I, I I regular season I agree. I, I agree because it's you get the game over faster, uh kind of progresses a little bit quicker because what ghost runner game is going to go to like the 12th inning? Like someone's going to have something pretty early. In the playoffs though, I think it's a different game. I think that it's just whoever's the better team will win it. And if you have an extra ghost runner and you hit a little blooper out to left and he's a speedy guy who could get there, that changes the game completely. I think in the playoffs it should stay as no ghost runner, but in the regular mm-hmm. season, just go ghost runner, gets the games over faster. Uh, and you just try to power through the regular season. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think in the playoffs, it's a li- maybe a little. The games mean more. So See, why lose? Yeah, off like the... that's what I was gonna say. I was just say maybe it's a little dimity, but at the same time, like then why do it in the regular season at all? I think their plan is to just have this as like almost like something new uh, as like a part of baseball. You know what Ooh. I mean? They're trying to push it that way. I like it regular. I don't like it postseason. That's, oh, okay, that's okay. Thing, so yeah. it's it's only gonna apply in the regular season. Okay, so yeah. So I'm, then that works. I'm for me, wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. only the regular season. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good point, Nick. I think in the playoffs, you you let the game play out. You don't have any of this yeah. ghost runner stuff. Because like, think about it. Let's say uh, who's a really who's a really fast guy. Like Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Very fast. He makes the last out. He's on second. And then you get like Albert Pujols, right. who made the last <laughs> right. out for like. How do you right. judge that? Like, exactly. like Rodriguez could steal third. Pujols, it's going to take him. You yeah. need at least a base hit into the gap to get him maybe to home. Yeah, so. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long they keep this. Again, they they plan to have it for the next bulk of seasons. Uh, I guess until the new CBA is discussed or something like that. So, uh, we are going to have to get used to the Ghost Runner, which honestly. I don't mind it too much, but uh, we'll we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Uh, all right, so some other things from around the league. We have Brian Reynolds, outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who was rumored uh, at the last year's trade deadline to maybe be on the move from Pittsburgh. Um, he's still there, uh, and he's reported for spring training uh, to his dismay. Um, now he's he's a guy where he's not going to be like all up in your face about oh I want out of here like why am I still here but he was asked about it someone said has any of the trade dispute you know and you know contract disputes with Pittsburgh has any of that been resolved now that you're here and he said no not really <laughs> so he's there working out doing his part as a member of the team but he would still like to end up somewhere else when you think about landing spots for a guy like Reynolds who has been an all-star player over the last couple of years, uh, has put up really good numbers, is a versatile guy, is a switch hitter. You know, you went to some teams, maybe like a Boston, maybe like a New York Yankees, um, even out in L.A. maybe. Uh, you could go, you know, what if he was a Dodger out there in, the, in that outfield next to Mookie Betts? Like, there's a lot of these spots that he could land, Chris. 
if you had to pit maybe a team or two where you could maybe see him fitting in, um, what would that be for you? I wanted him on the Yankees in the offseason right. because it, it would have upgraded the Yankees a hell of a lot more more than having Aaron <laughs> Hicks out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Don't even talk to me about him. Um, or I could see, like you said, Boston because Boston needs everything right now. Their right. team is so dysfunctional. And I and I know I'm saying that because I'm a Yankee fan, but but <laughs> no, you're right. You're but their right. team is very dysfunctional right now. Yeah, they. Yeah, they just got rid of they got rid of Betts. They got rid of Sander. Yeah, yeah, it's Boston. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Devers is like the guy there now, and like it's crazy. A couple of years ago, he was like the third or fourth best hitter in that lineup. It's and now they got rid of everyone. JD else, Martinez. Uh, I mean, he's not the same player that he was. Betts has obviously left. Xander leaves this offseason to go to San Diego. Uh, so, yeah, Boston, like you said, Chris, is is really right now. Uh, but Brian Reynolds, good player. Again, switch hitting outfielder. Uh, still pretty young. I think he's 27 or 28. So he's a guy that you could take the shot on and give a second contract to uh, if it works out. Uh, okay, one more thing here. Before we go to break and uh, – Come back with a little bit of NFL talk and then our top five at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about your boy, Nick. Jacob DeGrom, new Texas Ranger. Uh, not throwing on the first day of spring training. Supposed to have a workout, but he's got some tightness in his left side and it's bad weather out. Aw, Jacob DeGrom not throwing. How does that make you feel, Nick? That a little tightness in his left side is keeping... Old JT out of uh, out of workouts today. Yo, you said your boy, and then said <laughs> Jacob Degrom. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, he's he's the heart of the Mets, is he not? He's he's just hurt all the time. <laughs> like it's he's made out of glass, so I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, the Rangers, I've been saying this since they signed him. Like they go from being irrelevant to a little less irrelevant. They're gonna be all right. You got Corey Seager and Simeon, but they're a team that puts up a lot of runs, and you sign Jacob Degrom to come in and maybe win you a, a start or two. I think that with DeGrom there, he'll do whatever, but he's only going to play half the season. He'll be hurt. He's already got, what, left left shoulder problem? Yeah, or, it's something going on with his left side. He's going to have something. If that's going to be a, a constant problem for Texas fans. The Mets have been dealing with it for forever. Uh, I mean, I'm just happy that we got Verlander. Uh, Kodai Sang is going to be – he'll have probably like three no-hitters by the All-Star game. I'm – he right, is well, an unbelievable player. Don't worry, Chris. I will be clipping that immediately after the no, show. No, you hear, you hear. And then when he's like four and seven with like a five ERA, you are, you are, you are out of your mind. Kodai Sang, no you're, you're out right, of your mind. Right, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. Kodai Sang. No I'll bet you he'll be. Uh, I'm a guy to... coming in the league for his first year. You think he's going to get three no hits? No, no, that was all right. That was that was a little out there. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to think it like. I'm going to have how you're many no hitters anyone's thrown in a season. <laughs> Oh, I think Rodon will get three more than Sanga. I think Sanga will be. If you had to give me like an ERA, I will tell you his his ERA will be under three five. Okay, that's that's, that's much fair, more reasonable yeah, than three no yeah, hitters. Yeah. I think he'll have a no hitter at some point. Uh, this and season, Danny right? Ryan already in the chat here. What do you Co- think the ground is going to be at the end of the uh, yeah, by the by the All Star team? Jacob Degrom. Yeah, he'll be hurt. <laughs> he'll be he'll be hurt by by start two wow. like. He's made a glass. So. Wow. Right, what's Danny saying? Danny said, don't I say you apparently had a horrible physical, what are you saying, man, <laughs> at Nick Carlson? This guy's always listening to me. Whenever I come on, he's the always listening. The sports director is tuned in. Just let Nick Carlson have it, man. This is crazy. 
Um, but Chris, for you, like you guys were just talking about Degrom and what you think he's going to be this year. That said, hurt, which I, I guess you can't really argue with. <laughs> but for you, like if he is able to stay healthy, you look at this Texas team. Do you think they can compete in the AOS at all? Heck no. Wow. No. Like Nick said, he's going to be hurt. He's He is always hurt. Um, and I don't think they have the team around him. I know you got C, you got Semyon, but <sighs> around that infield and around the diamond, they don't have that many good players. Yeah, you're, you're right. I can't argue with you. I, I like Late Low as their first baseman. Um, you know, he, he had a really good year last year. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking for anyone else. Josh <laughs> John is a good prospect, but I don't think he's really done much yet. I like Sam Huff. He's a good young catcher. Yeah, they've got some interesting guys in the play. Adolis Garcia has been a, a pretty good player for them the last few years. But, yeah, I mean, especially on that pitching staff, I think they are going to have a pretty tough time. Now, they did sign Nathan Nivaldi, who I think would be a nice piece, so... The top of that rotation, you know, if DeGrom and him stay healthy, that could be a pretty solid one-two punch. But outside of that, I think it's it's a wild. Big if. Yeah, and yeah. you talk about like like DeGrom. I I think the the consensus is he is probably top two pitcher in the MLB, and probably not two when he's healthy. But we're at the point where it's like, all right, like is he going to be healthy? And we're thinking he's going to be injured more than he's going to be healthy. So he he just has to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, again, like Chris said, it is a big if, though, because at any point in the season, even when he's been dominating, DeGrom to just, at any point, his body can kind of go haywire. It's just like it's just like the Mets. They're good in the first half, and then they, then they stink in the second half. Yeah, well, I mean, this this year they were pretty good up until the last, like, four days of the regular season. Then they got walloped by the Braves and kind of fell apart in the, uh, in the postseason. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, I am going to plug. Uh, the 10th inning podcast here, Jack Miller in the sports department chat just said tomorrow, 4 p.m. So if you want to hear more baseball talk, doing Jack a favor here. I'm uh, helping him and Tara out. 4 o'clock tomorrow, tune in to the 10th inning podcast here on roadradio.com channel 2. I'm about to buy a Kodai Sanga jersey. I'm just, oh. just in spite oh. of everybody. I, wow. I want so, a Rodon so. jersey so bad. <laughs> yeah, Rodon. Yeah, dude. It, we, we, we should do a bet. We should do Sanga or Rodon, whose ERA is lower. I think we'll be Rodon because he's better and he wow. even the he's better. Whoa, so much better. We haven't seen him pitch in America. Say no, we don't know what he is, dude. He no, nah. he's pitching against players in Japan. No, 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 no. Do you know the last time he did play? He played an American team and he like he went right. off or something. One? Yeah, Sanga. Yeah, I mean it was grand. It was just one game, but like I don't know. I think if you said Rodon and Sanga, there's players who are not built for New York. Rodon's coming from San Francisco. I would say he has maybe a better shot. I, I'd say than Sanga because he's coming all the way from Japan. Came from San Francisco, and a big he's also market. Young too. Exactly. So yeah, I, I like that signing for Rodon. Um, I just think that the Yankees and Mets, their pitching rotations, you can make an argument. I mean, top three in the league, and it's probably the Mets and the Yankees are right there. Really, there's no one else who really sticks out to me uh, pitching rotation wise. <sighs> yeah. For, for me, I think it's I think it's the Astros, the Yankees, and then the Mets. What about the Mariners? Did they're up there? Five or six. What about the seven. Dodgers? Bueller's, Dodgers got, Bueller's got Tommy John, and Clayton's uh, 412 years old. Well, he's still good. But in Verlander, how old's that guy? Hey, like, Scherzer, how old's that guy? Uh, like Scherzer's like 34, 35. No, he's not. Scherzer's what, 36? No, no, no. 37? Hold on, hold Scherzer's on. Scherzer's old. Scherzer's pretty old, yeah. 
hold on. Wow, this guy doesn't know how old his old players are. That's crazy. <laughs> Age is just he's not a real fan. Yeah, Age is we, just a number. He's that sure is 38. 38 yeah. All right, so. yeah. yeah, he's not he's not a sprint chicken. So, exactly. <laughs> all right, so the Mets window is like two years for later <laughs> and like sure there's well, That's what we've learned here out of this baseball segment, everybody. The Mets have two years to win a championship with Kodai Senya. Otherwise he will leave uh and get a Mike Trout esque contract. All right. Gonna head to break here. Uh when we get back, we'll do our top five segment, which again is related to uh Sunday's uh big game. Uh, so uh, we're not going to spoil that yet, but we'll tell you what it is uh, when we return. More offsides coming up after these messages. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the US Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Join me, Gina, every Sunday from 7 to 10 a.m. for the Sunday Sounds of Music. I'll bring you all the toe-tapping hits of the Great White Way that will have you singing along in no time. Who wants to sing show tunes? Plus, I'll have Broadway news, blocks of Broadway, and tickets to some of the hottest shows around. That's the Sunday Sounds of Music with me, Gina, every Sunday, right here on your station for the Broadway music that matters, Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. This is your midweek edition of Offsides with your host, Aaron Hook. I'm here with two fabulous members of our Rowan Radio Sports Department, Nick Carlson, Chris DeZillo, uh, with me here in the WGLS production studio. All right, boys, we have gotten to that time, and it's time for our top five. And in honor of uh, the big game on Sunday, we got some pretty good commercials, I would say. I, I think there were a few that definitely stuck out. I think for the most part, they were pretty good. Um, now, I wasn't paying 100% attention to the commercials, but the ones that stuck out to me that I did see, uh, again, I thought were pretty good. So in light of that, we're going to be doing the top five Super Bowl commercials of all time. Uh, there's like a thousand. To there are from. a there's thousand, like... but there are there have been some real standout ones over the years. So, who do I want to go to first? Who do I want to go to first? Let's do let's do Chris first. Chris, give me your top five oh, Super Bowl commercials of all time. They don't have to be in any order. If you just want to run off five, uh, you can go ahead. Um, if you have five. one, one for me, I think would be Tubi. Because it huh. it fooled yeah, me. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah. It fooled me because I was sitting in the sitting room with some friends, and I got, and I was like, "Who the heck touched the, touched the remote?" <laughs> yeah. See, like the thing for me was I was in a restaurant, so I really thought they like actually shut the game off. Like I, like, I thought they were like going to put some show on in the restaurant. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? And like the whole place went crazy for a second. But all right, keep going. Um. 
Let me see. I'm going to go E-Trade. Uh, oh, is that the baby one? The baby wedding? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. The baby Zoom when oh they were on like, FaceTime. I'm going to go three with Gronk's live kick. No, 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 no. That one was well, I know, horrible. I know why you didn't like that. that was Because you were trying to win money off I, it, right? I thought it was you? so... <laughs> I thought it was horrible because like th- I, it was like a live ad, like a live oh. commercial. And then he just misses the kick, and it wasn't even live. And I was like, what is this? Like, what was this? I, I waited two weeks to see if Gronk was going to make a field goal. And it was just, it was basically a waste of time. Number four is Duncan. Uh, Duncan, live in your, be- okay. your best life. I, um, and the Ram Trucks. Yeah, okay, those are always t- I feel like truck commercials are always like some animal dying. It's always a dog dying. <laughs> Something oh, like that. Something, <laughs> something to, I don't know. Like the truck commercials always down to make it like something like that has nothing to do with a truck. It's just like some dog that like oh, runs away yeah. and then they like go find him in a ram truck. It's like yeah. okay. <laughs> it's yeah. like okay. Um yeah, but those are always interesting. All right. Nick, give me your top five. Uh number five is it's a tie dad. Uh, the one with David Harbour, the guy from Stranger Things. Uh, when <laughs> it was like they kept like that yeah, running sure. gag of like eight commercials during the Super Bowl where they were like, it's a Tide ad um, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, that's number five. I also had the E-Trade Baby uh, commercial. Okay. I thought that one was good. Uh, number three is, I, I guess it's not like one specific one, but any Doritos commercial when they were constantly those making been, Doritos. Those were great for a while. Yeah, it's, I mean, you see all those. There was one with the baby when they slingshotted the baby through the treehouse, I remember. <laughs> that one was wild. Um, number two, I don't know if you guys remember it, but do you remember when like Amazon Alexa lost its voice? Do you remember that commercial? I think maybe, I yeah, think maybe so, I yeah. do. Yeah, that I thought that one was funny. Uh, and then number one, I think the easiest number one is the Snickers. Uh, you're not you when you're angry. Yeah, uh, the one with with Betty White playing football, right. and then they're like, "It's not you uh, when you're angry." But good list, yeah. good list. Yeah, that. Oh, I, I'd say honorable mention is the one where it was like the floating thing with the QR code. Oh, th- that, that was no, every... that was so dumb. I did no. that, and then they didn't give me my money, bro. No, it was it was Wait, for crypto seriously? or something, dude. Yeah, I, I was supposed to get ten dollars of crypto, and they I just like never got it. I just thought that <laughs> just, was like, a cool ad. I was so like, this is genius. It was a cool, yeah, yeah but I, it didn't. Let, and it like broke the internet for a second. Like you yeah. just you couldn't get onto that website. Or if you were like, like if you like checked in, it was like ten seconds late. It was like, yeah, you're not getting on. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. that one that one was great for sure. Uh, all right, I'll give you my top five really quick. Uh, so at number five. I went, so this is all the way back from 1993, but I've seen this commercial a bunch. So McDonald's had an ad, Larry Bird and Michael Jordan playing a game of horse in the um, in the Boston Yard, the old Boston Yard. And it's like, it gets to a point where they're just making shots from like the bleachers. Like they're up on like the rafters, like near the jerseys and they're like draining shots from like outside the stadium. It's completely ridiculous, um, but it is a classic ad. And then you have match and show up at the end. So that was really cool. Uh, at four, I what? No, what? Uh, no. uh, no. The chat is the chat going off right now. All right, I'll, I'll tend to that in a moment. <laughs> at number four, <laughs> at number four, uh, I've got me and Joe Green uh, throwing the the kid uh, his jersey, the coke commercial. That's another classic one. Uh, again, I was not allowed to see that one, but. Uh, it is. It is a classic. <laughs> what? What? Well, I wasn't. Thirty years ago. All right. Well, what is going on? All right. At number three, 
Uh, I'll throw the Tubi one in there because it, it genuinely yeah. is like I think it got everybody. It was a very very smart ad. Like they did it really well. They had the opening with Burkhardt and Red Olson there, so I really thought they were coming back to the game. And then again, it freaked me out for a moment. So genius ad, I think, uh, by them. Number two, this might be a little bit early to put this here, but I I honestly love. I, now, this might just be biased, but I love the Breaking Bad commercial uh, the other night. The one with the popcorners. I thought it was a little too overhyped. I, I, th- yeah, I, I thought, I thought okay, I get that they, were, they tried to do, like, all the Breaking Bad, like, lines in there at once. Yeah. But, I don't know, I thought it was really cool seeing them all together. It was yeah. cool. People people were really overhyping it. They were like, this is the greatest yeah, commercial see, of all like, time. I'm and I was putting like, it at number right. two, honestly, just because I want to talk about it. It's good, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. a good commercial. Um, I don't think it's, like, upper, upper echelon or anything. Like that, but at number one, I have Mountain Dew. They had a commercial a few years ago. That was the one in the basement, right? Where they were like, they were all like doing the weird, or like I don't know. They had some going on where they were like opening different flavors of Mountain Dew, and like I don't know, something was going on. I vaguely remember it, but it was a great commercial. I, I wish I could remember exactly what was happening there. Were you alive during that? One? I was. It was like <laughs> it was like 2016 or something like that. Uh, it was like, dude, it was during like the Pete and the Doritos commercials too. Maybe it wasn't Mountain Dew. It was something else. But they were like all like in a room and like just dancing. It was so weird, but it was good somehow. But that's where I'm going to leave it because uh, <laughs> I can't remember. So uh, we had a, a very interesting end to the episode here on Offsides. But I do want to thank Chris and Nick for coming on with me today. Uh, on this Wednesday edition of Offsides. You can catch Offsides every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6. Connor Brown will be your host on Friday, so uh, don't miss Connor there with uh, some of the members of our sports department. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day. I'll see you next week. This has been Offsides. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.